You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I am your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke, and as always, I'm super excited to be here. Um... For my new listeners today, let me give you a little bit of background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We creatively collaborate, connect, and raise awareness regarding issues that impact women. And we do it by way of community service, engagement, public speaking, mentoring, workshops, and the arts, which is this media platform. We've been doing this um, podcast talk show now for this is our seventh season. So we're super excited to be here. Um, and today is no different. This is October, so it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so I wanted to take an opportunity to have two women that I think are beautiful inside and out that have beat their 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 battle with cancer. Um, they're going to talk to us and share with us that journey. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we hope is that we can inspire and motivate those that might be in the struggle right now, maybe dealing with breast cancer or some form of cancer to let you know you're going to get through this. We're here for you and we're going to you're going to get through it. So without any further ado, I want to introduce my guest. I have the lovely and beautiful Cecilia Anderson. Hello, Cecilia. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? And then my other guest is Sharon Stitt. Sharon. Hello, Michelle. How are Hello, you? Cecilia. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me to discuss this very important topic. Yes, absolutely. So, Sharon, I'm going to start with you. Where are you from? So, I am originally from Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and I've transplanted in the beautiful queen city of charlotte for over 20 years now (laughs) okay 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 loving the city loving the city and cecilia where are you from okay all right so how are you liking the queen city uh sharon been good to you these past 20 years it has been really good to me these past 20 years and the growth is phenomenal and it's growing by leaps and bounds in in ways that are um, great for the community and the healthcare, which we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. It was it was good to me. It was good for me to be there okay. during my journey. Fantastic. Yeah. So, what type of work do you do, Sharon? So, I'm a nurse practitioner. I work for um, probably the second largest um, healthcare organization in. Uh, Charlotte and probably in North Carolina, I dare say. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Charlotte, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing that? So I've been doing that for the last 15 years. I work in um, a family practice clinic. Okay. Awesome. Cecilia, I see we're, we got you back. So, Cecilia, where are you from? I am from Newark, New Jersey. All right. All right. And where are you now? Where do you live now? Um, now I live in Conyers. Okay, awesome. Georgia. Awesome. And what type of work do you do, Cecilia? I am a senior manager for Emory Healthcare mm-hmm. um, for patient arrival. So I work in the emergency room. Okay. How long have you been doing that? I have been doing this for 49 years. Mm. 
Wow. <laughs> Sharon said, wow. Yes. 49 years. 49 years. I find it so interesting um, that you both, you ladies both work in healthcare, and we have to have this conversation with you both. So let me ask you this. So for you, Cecilia, how and when did you find out that you had some form or type of cancer? Well, it was in May, I would say May 30th, 19, I'm sorry, May 30th, 2006. Mm. Um, I had a mammogram and that's when they saw it. Mm-hmm. So the next week um, I got the call from the oncologist and um, when she called me, she really scared me. Yeah. Um, I asked her, was she sure she was talking to the right person? Right. Because mm-hmm. I really did not believe it. I've always had my mammograms at Emory University Hospital. So um, ever since I've been in Georgia for 32 years. Right. And so that was like a blow. Right, 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 right. You and, and, did, and did cancer run, any form of cancer run in your family, Cecilia? No. 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 Uh-uh. So you were pretty... Nope. She knocked you off your feet with this news. You just didn't did. know how to process this at all. Unexpected. You're doing the right. mammograms regularly. They never saw anything. No. And then boom. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And so then how do we have this conversation with the family? How do we, how do we talk to them about it? Well, once she gave me the information, mm-hmm. I, called, I immediately called my friend Landon. Mm-hmm. And so he came to my job, um, you know, because I was like, I wasn't hysterical, but I had some concerns. Yeah. So, um, so he came to my job and I was like, um, I told him what she said. And um, I was like, Landon, I want to go across the street. I'm going to go to find this doctor called Dr. Stiblo. Mm -hmm. um, Because I know that this is the type of surgery that she did. Okay. So she had just gotten back from vacation, but um, I told the young lady there that I was an employee and um, that I was, that I had just been diagnosed. And so I was able to see her the next day. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's good. Immediate action and response. So Uh Sharon, for you, how and when did you discover you had some type of form of cancer? So um, I actually, and I'm going to tell you a, a brief backstory to this. So, okay. you know, I work in healthcare. I'm a nurse practitioner. I see patients. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I really have to say that this was all God orchestrated mm. because for a few weeks prior to me finding my lump, I had a string of patients that all came in with breast complaints during the month. You know, one person was like, something doesn't feel right. And I'm pretty proactive with my patients. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's get you in to get some diagnostics. Ultrasound or mammogram, whatever their concern was regarding themselves and their breast health, you know, I was forward thinking and got them the help that they needed. So then at the end of the month, this is the end of February, 2013, I'm in the shower and I'm shaving my underarm Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling around and I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? Wow. And it was um, several swollen lymph nodes underneath my underarm. Wow. 
So I had not noticed this before, and I was like, I I guess I should do something, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am, right? I'm in healthcare, and I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. what is this? And you're kind of having this denial thing. Right. Like, and so because I had those patients that were, for whatever reason, you know, as small as they thought it was, and I was proactive, I said, well, you know what? They came into me with these concerns, I should go to my doctor with my concerns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I did. And immediately she sent me for a diagnostic mammogram, which means that um, you're, you're meeting with a radiologist at your appointment. Like it's not just, okay, we'll take the films and we'll call you back. Like it was immediacy right. of, another mammogram because I'd already had a mammogram mm-hmm. because I was fake my mammograms. And then they wanted to do an ultrasound and they did the ultrasound. And because I had recently had a mammogram and it just didn't show up on a mammogram, the radiologist said, well, you know, I'm 99% sure that this is nothing. Um, he mm-hmm. said, but the only way we'll find out is, you know, if we do a fine needle biopsy. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that conversation mm-hmm. that very um, casual yeah. and flippant. Okay. So I didn't think that it was an emergency or I didn't think that it was serious because right. he was kind of nonchalant about it. Right. Right. But aren't doc aren't not all doctors, but some doctors, they just, you know, maybe that could have been his way of not to alarm you or get you too nervous about it just maybe just casually just saying it um i don't you know i don't know and and some and then in some cases they feel they say it unfortunately so many times they might be numb in sharing that kind of news and you know what to your point um and thinking back on that day mm-hmm. and and no radiologist because he works in my health care system right with I think that his motto is, we're not going to worry about something until there's something to worry okay, about. Okay, okay, okay. And that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So did it take a long time, Sharon, for you to get the results back to confirm everything? So I, I'll tell you what I did. Um, and this is a lesson to to anyone that's listening, right, mm-hmm. to be proactive and to just follow follow your gut. So they made the appointment for me to do the fine needle biopsy. It was scheduled for a particular day because I'm thinking back on his conversation. I'm like, I don't even know if I should even go for this. So I canceled. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So um, one of the supervisors on my job, um, who was also a nurse and knows me very well, we Mm. worked together for years and years, she, we had this discussion and she looked at me when I told her that I had canceled, mm-hmm. she was extremely disappointed. Mm. He was like, Sharon, you know that you're not a 99% person. You're a hundred percent person. Mm. You've got to, you've got to go schedule that. Mm. 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 So, um, I did. Yeah. I, I ended up scheduling it, and um, and it was not good news. Yeah. But I'm glad you did. 
Yeah, I'm glad I did, too, because on the other side of that, too, is that I have a, a really good friend who is also a survivor. She's a few months before my diagnosis, so she was going through. Mm-hmm. And when I told her that I had canceled, she, like, <laughs> she was really mad at me. Mm-hmm. She was really very mad at me. Mm-hmm. So you know, it 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 was a lesson. It yeah. was a it was a big lesson for me. Yeah, it, um, it, 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 it's just being a It's just hard to process any kind of news, mm-hmm. right? It's just really right. hard, especially when you're going along all this time healthy, right? You're mm-hmm. going right. you're going to the doctor all the time like you're supposed to. Your mammograms are coming back normal. They're, you're not mm-hmm. feeling anything when you're checking yourself, and then all of a sudden, what you're like, what like. Is somebody playing right. a joke on me? Like, this is not fun. And so now right. you have to shift. And so now you ladies being health, in the healthcare, being in a, being a provider, first line responders, like the whole thing, you see it first. Now you have to put yourself in the position of the people that you've been helping for all these years. Now you mm-hmm. have to be the person. You have to make sure you make the appointments and show up and and be optimistic. The same things that you're telling people, now you're having to eat the the, the meals you've been giving out all this time. It, it is right. a thing. It is a thing. And then we don't even talk about, we're just dealing with the physical and the results of these tests. We're not even dealing with the mental, right? The What you mm-hmm. go through mentally. Like there is, we don't even talk about talking to a therapist or counselor. There's not even room for that. Right. Cause we're just dealing with removing this cancer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So, so Cecilia, yeah. when you got the news and you tell the family, your doctor immediately started to put you in some form of treatment. Like what was the next steps for you? So that was in May when I, no, I saw her in June. Uh-huh. So when I went to see her, um, she, I too had to have a biopsy. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they did the needle biopsy and then she asked me when did I want to have surgery? And I told her the first opening she had, which was July 3rd. So I had surgery on July 3rd. She removed five lymph nodes wow. from under my right arm oh. and she removed the spot that was in my breast. Okay. So, um, you know, when they do that, they take it directly to the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she came back and she told me that it was benign okay. and then she went out and told my family that it was benign. Okay. So I thought it was good. And then, um, she told me, well, I want you to go see a neurologist. Okay. So then I'm nephrologist. What is it? Nephrologist. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay. So when I went to see her, she said, well, we have to make a plan. So she wanted me to do chemo and I had to have their, uh, radiation. So I had chemo from August to October mm. every 21 days. Mm-hmm. And then after I had the chemo, then I had to have radiation from November 1st to the end of November. Okay. So let me ask you, even mm-hmm. though the lymph nodes were benign, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still wanted to do the chemo and the radiation. Is that to just make sure there was no traces of cancer right. within your body? Just just trying right. to break it down for the newbies that don't know about how right. cancer operates in our bodies. 
Right. So what I did was I asked some of some of the other colleagues that I knew personally mm-hmm. that were um, that they, you know, they were cancer physicians, and they both told me that this is like you're buying a life insurance policy. Okay. Okay. So they both agree. Yes, by all means, Cecilia, this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because I was in denial because I was like, no, I'm not going to do chemo. And, you know, because I knew I was going to lose my hair. Right. Um, Yeah. So my son Landon, he was like, I'm not going to let you do this by yourself, mom. Landon had dreads. Landon cut his off when I began to lose my hair. Come on, Landon being that son. Yes. Yeah. Loves yep, his yep, mom. Yep, yep, Loves yep. his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he yeah. And yep. and for those that are listening and can't see you, you are cute with your hair Thank short. You. <laughs> You're very attractive. So we didn't Thank lose you. anything there. I mean, you know. You was pretty with it. You're pretty without it. You're gorgeous. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. absolutely. So let me understand this, Cecilia. So chemo does what? Like, is that really what, what so is it that? kills all of your cells. It okay. kills all of your good cells. Okay. And then your cells produce themselves back. Okay. Okay. But it kills all of your, your cells. Some ladies, they experience the darkening of the fingernails. Yes. Yes. Um, and the toenail. Yes. Um, of course, we lose our hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose our eyebrows. Mm-hmm. We lose our uh, eyelashes. Yes. Yes. Um, you lose Whatever type of hair you have on your body, mm. it is going to disappear. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so the radiation so, does what? The radiation just burns the site. Okay. So it burns the site to keep it from ever coming back in that site. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. So you would so that's be what it does. free and clear, at least in those areas that it was detected. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Understanding. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is good information. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, for you, did you yeah. have to go through when, let me, let me take it back. So when you found out the doctor tells mm-hmm. you how soon, what were your next steps and how soon did you start activating your healing journey? Okay. So, um, I'll take you back to that day. It was February 25th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, on a project at work. Um, we were converting from paper to electronic medical record. Mm. I was a super user for my clinic, mm. and I'm in training. Yeah. Um, I had had the fine needle biopsy. The results were sent to pathology, and then they were making a follow-up appointment for me. Mm-hmm. And here again, Michelle, you know, I'm like, why do I need a follow-up appointment? I have this project I have to work on. I don't have time to come back for a follow-up appointment. Yeah. Why can't they just call me with the results? I'm like, all of this. Right. And so the, um, the the person who was making the appointment details, she was like, well, you know, the radiologist doesn't like to talk to people over the phone, you know, with, with any information. And she didn't tell me whatever information it was because she didn't know. But, you know, I'm like, well... I can't. I'm on a project. She has. She just has to call me, um, which she did, and I knew that by the sound of her voice because I had missed her call, mm. and the message left me on my voicemail was to call her back and her phone number. I knew I sensed it by the tone in her voice that this was not going to be good news. Yeah. So when we got a break from the training, I called her. 
And then I could not go back to the training because she gave me the news that the cancer, that the biopsy was positive mm. for cancer. Mm. And so I'm in the next classroom, which was empty at the time, bawling my eyes out. The trainer comes in and he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And when, you know, through my hysteria, my tears, and I told him, and then she, the radiologist, called our breast center, who has trained nurses that are navigators, and she sent over a breast navigator immediately to where I was. Wow. Who came and consoled me. When I think about that day, it gets me choked up again because she was so kind mm -hmm. and gentle, and she knew I was, you know, she knew I was there alone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I, um, and she was just very, um, she, she was very, she was extremely helpful in that day and throughout my journey mm -hmm. of the process of going through what I needed to go through. Right, right. Um, I was immediately set up to meet with a team of oncologists and surgeons and, uh, uh radiologists. Um, they have what they call a multidisciplinary clinic which they um, they look at your case from different aspects of each one of the the specialties mm -hmm. and um, and then they meet with the patient to talk about what are the next steps okay so um, they did that I took my mom with me she was my support system mm -hmm. through a lot mm -hmm. of this mm -hmm. and um, we went to the um, that meeting, and there was a whole lot of information being thrown at us. Mm -hmm. And I, I say thrown, I mean, you know, there was a lot of information being disseminated. Right. And um, what was clear was that because it had it was in the lymph nodes, it was already in the lymph nodes. I was in trouble. I was in big trouble and they had to start chemo immediately wow wow so it was exactly probably a little less than three weeks probably closer to two weeks that i was set up for chemo mm. and receiving my first chemo treatment wow and and how long were you on the treatment sharon i was on the treatment from march um, to July. I, I had similar to Cecilia, yeah. uh, you know, it was every 21 day cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have chemo and it, it, it just kept building. Like, you know, the first round was, you know, X and then the second round was a little bit more and mm -hmm. a little bit more till it compounded. Mm. So I, I had six cycles of that. Wow. Um, and I would also say, that, you know, me being me, I worked through it. I worked, I worked my job <laughs> and did my chemo treatments mm -hmm. and refused to let it get me down and be defeated. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a lot of ways, you know, it, when I look back, should I have taken the time off? I, I don't know, but mm -hmm. it, it got me through mentally, at least through eight, nine hours of the day. Because when I went home, that's when things became dark for me. Okay. Okay. Having to deal with it. Cecilia is smiling 
and nodding right. her head because she can understand having working for what, 49 years, Cecilia? Right. 49. So, yes. so you too worked through, did you work through your treatments as well? I did. I did. Yes. And you ladies didn't feel tired or did it have any side effects while, as you guys were taking this chemo and going to work? You weren't tired at all. So what, what happened with me is that I would go on a Friday yes. and have my chemo. And then Monday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I was okay. okay. But Monday, I would be so weak. Mm. So yeah. I would like those last, that, that next week I was down. But after that, I was back up again. Okay. I, yeah, I was back up again. Yeah. How about for you, Sharon? Did you, you feel weak too? Yeah. So what happened with me, I did um, my, my chemo on a Thursday um, mm -hmm. because on Friday, so I took Thursdays and Fridays off when I did my cycles. Mm -hmm. And so um, on Thursday, I would receive the chemo. Friday, I would have to go back because the chemo treatment can deplete your white cells, with, which fight infection. So I had to go back to the, um, the oncology clinic, the infusion clinic, to get my shot. Mm. Um, uh, it, it's called neutrophil, and mm. so that would help keep my white count up. Mm. But that injection, nobody tells you how debilitating it is. It is painful. Mm. Not the injection itself, but what comes afterwards. Right. It's like your body goes through a flu. And oh. every ache and pain and every joint in your body goes through this trauma. So wow. then I would have Saturday and Sunday to try to recuperate. By Monday, nope, I was not 100%. Um, and yes, I was tired, but I pushed through mm -hmm. because the other thing is, is that you only get so much time off, right? So I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, you get your FMLA, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm using days for my chemo and for doctor's appointments and whatever, and I'm still thinking about my reserves that I got to keep on hand or whatever comes down the pipe next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So while you're working and while you're trying to fight cancer, you're also thinking of, you know, trying to keep your job. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and so in this in in the U.S., I wish that we had more time off for catastrophic illnesses because in other countries, like my friend who lives in the U.K., she said you would have gotten a year off, no questions asked. Wow. Wow. You know, to, wow. to make sure that you got your treatments and you were healthy and you could return to work whole. Wow. So, you know, I think I was, you know, also pressing through because of that, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always have a concern, especially us <laughs> as black women, about our job. I don't know why, but we do. We do. We feel like. God help us if we went on lunch and we came back later than we were supposed to. They make you feel like they couldn't function while you were gone an extra 30 minutes. So could you imagine if you're not in a day, a day or two or a week? It's it's a thing. And, and I, I totally, totally understand that and, and respect you both ladies for working through it. I wanted to ask you, Sharon, you know, because you definitely 
were like, no, this can't pot this. Come on, knock it off. This can't mm-hmm. be what right. you're telling me. Right. And I got things yeah. to do. I don't have time for this. You right. know, get this out of here. No, knock it off. Like, so Sharon, what would you say to people that are in that space right now? What snapped you out of it? Was it the results or was it something else inside of you that said, come on, Sharon, you got to get on board here? Um, I think that a, a lot of it had to do with, um, I, I'm, I'm just not going to die from this. I got you. I just, I just refuse to, to lay down and die. You know, once, once I got through the shock and disbelief and the anger, you know, you go through that whole cycle. Um, then I was like, okay, what do we got to do? What, 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 what do we have to do? Mm-hmm. And there was also something else in the back of my head, as, as, as silly as this may sound, you know, when I'm thinking back, my oncologist who is fantastic and we still have a relationship to this day. Um, it, you know, it, it, I, I'm a survivor of almost 10 years come February 25th. Nice, nice. And so, but I remember the look on his face when he was giving me the news and what I would have to do and what everything meant. Like he just looked like that. I was not going to make it. Really? <laughs> I mean, wow. He, yeah, I just, there was something about his energy. There was something about his facial expressions. There was just something about, and I think that had a lot to do with, so, you know, you're, you're, you're diagnosed and then you have to go through all of these scans because mm-hmm. they wanted to do these bone scans to, to make sure that it hasn't metastasized or moved mm-hmm. to any mm-hmm. bones, right? Because right. that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a, spot in question on my spine, had this metastasized, had this cancer moved to my spine. Wow. Uh And we wrestled with that for a long time. For a long time, I had to go through scan after scan after scan to make sure that it hadn't changed to make sure that this wasn't a metastasis. Mm -hmm. So... You know, in a lot of ways, I was like, okay, either I'm going to beat this one way, right, Mm -hmm. by doing what I'm supposed to do, doing the treatment, Mm -hmm. um, or if it had, if it had, if it was as bad as he thought it was, then I was going to plan B and I was going to live out the rest of my days the way I wanted to live it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is kind of what you do now, Sharon. <laughs> Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it real. This kind of what you do now. I bet you, right. I bet you a dollar. You're not even in Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina right now. I bet I you. I am not. See, I am see? not. You're not even, you're not even in your base, your home base. You're always somewhere else. So you were going to do what you want to do, living your life out loud, whether you had this diagnosis or not. That's just, yeah. that's just you. That's me. That's, that's just, me. that's just that's you. Me. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's what I know about you. Cecilia, you feel a similar vibration, right? Because you believe your, your journey or your purpose now that you're a survivor is to dispel the myth 
of breast cancer being a death sentence. Is that, is that correct, That's correct. Cecilia? That's correct. And so how do you go about that? What do you say to people that might be in, in, a, in a similar situation? What can you Basically, tell Basically, I would say don't give up. Yeah. Just, just don't give up. If you believe in the Father and the Son mm-hmm. and the Holy Ghost, if I may say this. Yes, you I may. Yes, you this, may. Yes, you may. Um, that's what got me through. Okay. Um, I, I accepted it. Yes. One morning, I questioned it, mm-hmm. and I left it alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, one thing for sure, if he bring me to it, he's going to bring me through it. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. I made it. Yeah. You know, that's how I made it. I mean, yes, I changed my diet, which if they are going through now, they need to give the sugar up and never go back to it ever again. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, they need to give give up the sugar. They need to give up the caffeine. Okay. Um, some ladies they've been drinking caffeine forever. You need to give it up. You need to give it up. Yeah. Um, you know, people ask me, well, what do I eat now? Well, now I eat what I want, but I'm very careful about what I eat. Right. Um, I eat plenty of vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, they need to stay away from meat mm-hmm. if they can. Mm-hmm. Just. Stay away from the meat. If you want to have fish, brawl it. Don't don't eat any fried foods. Right. Um, nothing greasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sugar, uh, because they have to remember, cancer loves sugar. Mm. It mm. loves sugar. Mm. It loves sugar. Yes. Mm. So candy and all of that. If they are, if that's what they're doing. They need to get. They need to really um, try to stay away from it. Um, when I was working at Midtown, whenever the ladies was com- would come in and that was their diagnosis, the first thing my employees would do was come and get me and say, bring your picture. And so I'd go, I'd stop what I was doing, get my picture and go. And uh, they'd be like, look at her. She's been through it, blah, blah, blah. Now show her your picture. And then I show them the bald headed picture. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, my nephrologist, she was like, the Lord knew what you were going to have to go through. She was like, because you had such a beautiful bald head. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. because I was vain. I don't know about you, Shad. I did not wear nobody's wig. I wear nobody's hat. <laughs> um, I, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I did not. No, I did not. But but the hurting thing I could say was when I would go to work, um, and sometimes people don't realize what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So I would be walking across the bridge at main campus, and the nurses, you know, they would see me coming through. They'd be whispering. But the truth of the matter is, if you wanted to know, you should have asked. Because it wasn't about a fashion statement, baby. I was going through something. Right, 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 right. You know, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So now when I see them, I love on them. I'm a supporter. Mm -hmm. Um, a young lady at home, she was diagnosed my, my pastor at home, his daughter, she called me. And even though they're in New Jersey and I'm here, I prayed for, I was, I was her supporter. I Mm -hmm. talked to her, Mm -hmm. I comfort her, Mm -hmm. you know, um, even though I was not there physically, Mm -hmm. mentally, I was there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a hard thing, you know, and she she's younger than me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it was a hard thing. It's very hard. You know, it's 
Yeah, very it's, hard. It's very hard because we're women, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and we, we we do look at ourselves in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right? You know, yes. our, our, whether it's our hair or our, fa- mm-hmm. our features. And, and when you tell me that there's something inside of me that could take my life and in order for me to beat it, there's going to be some form of physical transformations that I got to live with. You know, it could mm-hmm. be a maybe mm-hmm. bre- breast removal, hair mm-hmm. loss and those type of things. Then mm-hmm. you deal with coming through that. How will people see you, right? Are exactly. you still exactly. this beautiful person that you were before you were diagnosed? And so that's why that support system is ex- extremely important. I know, Cecilia, Cecilia, you come from love. Like there's a yes. lot of love around you. Yes. I've yes. seen it. I've witnessed <laughs> it. It's in the room yes. when you show up. Um, and I think, you know, God bless you. And that, you know, that is the, the ingredient, right. That we all need, but that I think that was your anchor as well as God, your faith in in the most high, but people that love you to see Mm -hmm. you through it. And for you, Sharon, Mm -hmm. similar for you, beautiful person on the go, Brooklyn's own. I'm in Queen City, Charlotte. I'm putting it on them. You know, I'm out here right. doing my thing and you're telling me what and the love that you have for your mom and she has for you, it transcended this disease. Like you mm-hmm. are a beautiful person and you we, I feel that when you go through things like this, it does put you in a space of empathy and just pouring Mm -hmm. out and understanding that people go through things that they can't even muster up the strength to even say, right. To to Sharon's point with the news, when it hit her, she just had, you know, she couldn't, couldn't get her head wrapped around it. And her way of expression was crying, you know, Mm -hmm. just breaking down Mm -hmm. crying. And we have those moments. We have that. If somebody steals our purse or mm-hmm. runs in our car, you know, we're just, we're human beings. And so it's expected mm-hmm. to be, ha- it's expected to happen. So I just want to encourage people how important it is to have that support system. And then yeah. when you get through, thank you ladies for paying it forward. Right. And you ladies, yeah. I believe do it, not just October. I believe you guys do it. You ladies do it all year round. Because mm-hmm. you know how it was for you, right? You were mm-hmm. not diagnosed in the month of October. Your diagnosis came different period. Like, so you That's were going right. through it through a year, like through a calendar year. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is very important that you ladies are humble and beautiful inside and out. And you're paying it forward. Like you, you remember what it was like. And Sharon, I want to ask you if you can. If you if you yeah. don't mind sharing the nights. Yeah. Right. Because we do function well when the lights are on. Right. We go mm-hmm. to work. The phones are ringing. People are checking on us. But when we have to go to bed, how was that for you? Was it how were you feeling when when night came during the night? So n- nights were a terrible time for me. Mm-hmm. Um Actually, the, the, the ride home was, you know, yeah. uh, daunting for me because I knew what was coming because 
Um, I, I, Cecilia, I, I applaud you. I wasn't as brave as you, so I didn't rock the ball head. I, although I could have, <laughs> but I did not. I chose not to. For one uh-huh. thing, because, um, because I'm a, a provider, I didn't want my patients coming in and, uh-huh. you know, and in the, in the moment, Mm-hmm. That was the right thing for me to do. Would I do that now? Would I do things differently? Maybe. Okay. Because maybe mm-hmm. it was important for somebody to see right. me. Right. But I. Mm-hmm. But I tried to keep myself looking as unsick mm-hmm. as I could. possibly can. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had my collection of wigs for mm-hmm. the job, and mm-hmm. then on the weekends I had my collection of hats. Mm-hmm. But. Like, you know, I put my makeup on and I put my clothes on yeah. and dressed to the nine yeah. to the office, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So on the way home, I knew that all of that had to come off, right? Mm-hmm. I had to take that wig off and deal with this bald head right. and mm-hmm. put that makeup off and deal with, you know, the lack of, you know, eyebrows or whatever mm-hmm. was going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and just look and then... With each treatment, you know, my skin changed and I looked different mm-hmm. and my complexion changed mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and things were just different. And I, you know, you, you, as you go on in treatment, you feel more bloated and your mm-hmm. face looks, you know, like, so all of these things. And so, you know, you put your game face on for the day and then you come home. For me, I came home at night and the nights were long and dark Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but all I could do because I had zero appetite and my taste buds changed Mm -hmm. so I really was not eating I was not eating like I had gone from a person who had eaten well very healthy to really not eating or all that I could stand was to live I lived off of like kettle potato chips because I needed the salt mm-hmm. like my okay. taste buds couldn't taste anything right mm-hmm. so you know like I wasn't making going home and making dinners like I would do mm-hmm. and just doing the things going to the gym or going to you know whatever or a bike ride or whatever it was getting home taking that stuff off getting a shower putting my pajamas on crawling up into my bed in the fetal position and some nights crying myself to sleep mm. Mm-hmm. that's the way it went for me mm-hmm. <laughs> for a long time mm-hmm. until finally um, with our healthcare system, right? Part of um, what they offer is counseling and they have a center devoted with counselors that are certified not only in counseling, but have an additional certification in counseling for cancer patients. Awesome. Awesome. And it was there that I found that really started to turn the tide for me in my journey of you can't just go home and just cry every night. Right. You know, you've got to pick yourself up and, and, and get your mind right to fight this Mm -hmm. because, you know, that was the beginning of my journey, the chemo. That's not where it ended because mm. there was a lot more to it. Right. Uh, so that counseling helped me. Awesome, Sharon. Awesome. Awesome. And you're, and you're living your life to the fullest now, right? Tell me, tell, share, <laughs> share with the people your lifestyle. Like, 
What do you do? You travel, you're here, you're there. Like house music is your love. Like what, what's going on with you, Sharon? Tell the people. Let's give them some yeah. sunshine. So I, music has been in my life. at 17, collecting stamps ever since. And as a matter of fact, that year of 2013, because I'm a, I'm a forward thinker in my planning, the entire year was planned and travel and paid for. Mm. Paid for. And I could do none of it. Mm. Wow. None mm. of it. Mm. But as as you know, as painful as that was, those trips that were paid for miraculously were refunded. Uh, people, you know, the, there were groups, uh, group travel that somebody was on the waiting list, so they took my place, and mm-hmm. then I got my money back. Yeah, so it all and worked so out. It 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 did all work out. Mm. It did all work out. Mm. So you yeah, just one of my, you you just uh, you're just a, a traveler. You take you're gone. I can't even count <laughs> how many trips you take a year. Not just international, but domestic too. You pop up in right. different cities. Uh, you're just living your life to the fullest, and I'm so living. you you're excited. You should be excited about that, Sharon. I let me tell you, I am. And somebody, one of my friends, he was saying, "Man, you just, you just like, you just all over the place." Because last weekend, I mean, literally, I was in D.C. for twelve hours. I flew in, I had dinner, I went to a party, I flew back out. Yeah. On the red eye, got home, and was home Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And I said to that friend, and what I will say on your show. When I am gone, I want people to say, man, she squeezed every drop, every drop out of life. She didn't leave a drop. (laughs) You surely are not, Sharon. And I'm going to catch up with you in 2023. And especially after Christopher graduates from high school, we are out of here. (laughs) So looking forward to it. <laughs> ah, you man, you are gone. Cecilia, you, you, you beautiful thing, you. Tell us about your lifestyle now. Now that you've beaten cancer, you know, how is it going for you? You talk we were talking about off camera, maybe retirement soon. How is that? Tell us about your lifestyle now. Well, we'll see what happens. But right now I'm living I'm living my best life. Yes, you I'm are. like Sharon. I am Girl. living my best life. I'm I really am. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really am. Yeah. I mean, um, because I know life doesn't stop here. Awesome. And so okay. uh yeah, so um if it is his will that I retire next year, I will. Right. And if I do, I'll be traveling. I'm like I'm like Sharon. Yeah. I'm going to be traveling. You're gonna be out of here. I'm be out of here. That's right. I will be out of here. So, yep, I have the nest is empty. 
I'll ask you this, ladies. I'll ask you this. How is Mm -hmm. your maintenance now? So what do you do in the mornings? Are you still having to check yourself? Like, what is a typical morning for you now? Cecilia, I'll start with you. I don't do that. No? At all. I don't do that at all. Okay. So so I had to have a lumpectomy. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So I still have my breasts. Okay. Um, One breast is smaller than the other. Okay. But it's okay. It's okay. You still got it's, your it's breasts. It's okay. You still got it's your breasts. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Because you would, because you would know it now that you saw me with my clothes off. There you go. And so. only, <laughs> only special people get to see that. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is it. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So good. So you don't have to do anything. You just live your life. Now, do you, Cecilia? Do you have to have? Um, uh, more than uh, one mammogram a year? Are you having to do that more frequently or no, not at all? Nope, I have. I have one mammogram a year. Okay, awesome. That's it. Yes. Awesome. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Congratulations. And I don't, t- thank you. And I don't take any hormones. Awesome. I've never had to take him. I've never had to take hormones. That's good. Right. So, um, yeah. That's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that awesome, yeah. Sharon? So yeah. how, how about for you, yeah, Sharon? Awesome. How about for you? Do you do a maintenance uh, or some type of maintenance routine in the morning? Or how's the morning for you? So the, the morning has gone back to, you know, what it was, you know, prior to my diagnosis. Awesome. Of, um, you know, as far as my um, my maintenance, you know, like my wellness checks, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell everybody, which I tell my patients, you should get to know your body because mm-hmm. when you know your body, right, yeah. you know what's supposed to be there and right. then you know what's not supposed to be there. Right. So mm-hmm. when I'm encouraging my patients to do breast self-examination, mm-hmm. it's not a hunting expedition, right? <laughs> it's getting to know your body because there is a fear around, okay, I'm looking for something. Right. No, we're not looking mm-hmm. for something. Right. So it, it was in that aspect, you know, that I knew that when I shaved my underarm, oh, this was not there and this is probably not supposed to be there. Right, right. But as far as... um my uh my wellness with my oncologist we now check in once a year i do my Mm -hmm. annual mammogram Mm -hmm. um i don't have to do anything extra for the first five years i did i had to alternate between mammogram and mri Mm. because i'm also going to share another thing with you and your audience was that my breast cancer the actual breast cancer in the breast was never found Mm. Oh. It was never, they never found the primary lump or the primary tumor. Okay. It, it for whatever reason, it's, it, it, it happens to 5% of women, they get what you call an occult breast cancer where they cannot find the primary lump in your breast, but it has moved mm-hmm. to the lymph nodes. Okay. Lump cells. Okay. Yeah. okay. And moving to the lymph nodes actually saved my life Mm. to a degree, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. had it not moved to the lymph nodes and it just was allowed to fester as small as it was um, or that they're suspecting that it was, eventually it would have killed me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So with that, I did not have to have 
a mastectomy. Nice. Um, awesome. I had I had thirteen lymph nodes removed. Mm. Um, I do suffer from a form of, um, you know, the um, the after effects. Um, a because the, you know uh, you're you're prone to lymphedema, which I have. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it came about because you know, like nothing's supposed to happen to that side where right. you have you know, those lymph nodes removed. Right. And of course, everything happened to that side. I got an infection in that arm. I ended up uh, falling off of my bike when I was riding my bike and I broke that arm. So that's what led to my lymphedema because for a long time, I didn't have it. But I have it and so what? I got both of my arms and I'm still alive, there right? There you go, yes. That's right, that's yeah. right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you you yeah. had both of those arms holding your suitcases <laughs> as, you're, as, as you're traveling, right? 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 You just like it doesn't stop you, so you still do what you do. Stop me! Both of those arms waving in the air. Waving. When I'm dancing. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 yes. To God be the glory for that. I'm gonna ask you this, Sharon. Um, what would you say to other women that might be in the storm of the if having cancer right now? What would you say to them? I would tell them to hold on, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get a solid support system, Mm -hmm. and that you can beat this, you can do this, you got this. It may not look like it right now, Mm -hmm. but you will get through it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's just that old adage thing. One day at a time, because that's Mm -hmm. all we have in front of us is one day at a time. You will get through this. There is a lot of um, data, studies around people who have beaten life-threatening illnesses, whether it's cancer or whatever, or surviving an accident or whatever, 90% of it comes from what's between our ears is our brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't give in to battlefield of the mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we can get in those dark spaces and places. And I, I'm, I was guilty of that. But, right. it, but then I got therapy, and then it helped me right. to see that I am going to get through this no matter what. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That is what I would tell people. And I want to especially, if I may, Michelle, is to tell women of color Mm -hmm. who please, please don't let anyone minimize what you may feel, what you may think is going on with your body, what is actually going on with your body, because right. that is a that's a whole that's a topic for a whole nother day. And you can have me on as a guest for that too, Michelle, yes, if you yes, want. Yes, <laughs> but we have to be our own advocate. And if something right. doesn't smell right, doesn't look right, doesn't taste right, then move on. There are other medical providers out there mm-hmm. who try to figure out what is going on wow. because that mm-hmm. is one thing that I want to tell my sisters on this show today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cecilia, for yeah. you, what would you say to women that might be in the middle of the storm and fighting cancer? 
I would tell them to hold on. And I, I too agree with Sharon that their mental has got to be strong. Yeah. Because it will play with your mind. Yeah. And it'll mm-hmm. make you think that, you know what, I can't do this and I'm not going to do this and I'm going to give up and God, why you do this to me right. and all of this. But at the end of the day, you have to hold on yeah. to what you have. Um, I, I have a beautiful sister-in-law and um, she is in the trenches now mm. every time she goes to the doctor it's something they see something it's something it's something but she's still holding on mm-hmm. and if she's listening just keep on holding on because yeah. he's not through with you yet that so you've got to keep on holding on absolutely um as sharon said unfortunately cancer travels in your body mm. um it depends on where it starts i would say that Um, Mm -hmm. and some people, you know, I hate when people use me as an example. I hate it because I feel bad, especially when they're not doing well. Right. Right. You know, because they'll say, well, if he did it for you, I know he'll do it for me. And, And I believe he will. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, you've got so much going on and I've only had this little piece over here. Yeah. You know, so. Just ladies, hold on. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you don't have the money to have to get a mammogram, you can go to some of these hospitals and have go ahead and have the mammogram, and then tell them put you on a payment plan because mm-hmm. you can't pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. it is very important. Um, early detect de- detection save your life. Yes, and I'm a living witness. Yeah. I didn't have a lump. Um. All of this, you know, um, breast examination under your arms and all that, that was not how mine was detected. Right. So um, please make sure you got to take care of yourself, ladies. Yes. You have got to. And like Sharon said, you know your body. Yeah. You know your body. So if you're feeling something that's uneasy or something, you need to go check it out. Right. You need to check it out. Absolutely. Well, ladies, this was very powerful, very informative. I'm informed. I'm enlightened. I'm glad to know you ladies both. And I thank you you both for your time today. This was an excellent conversation. Thank you so much. Congratulations on beating cancer and being a survivor for these many years. We just, we're just thankful that you'll be with us for many, 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 many more years. Thank you both, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, guys, that's my time. You know me. I'm Real Chicks Rock. I'm everywhere. You can find me on Instagram, uh, YouTube, (laughs) on my YouTube channel, uh, website, realchicksrock.com, Facebook. Until next time, be well, take care, and continue to rock on. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Be sure to like it. Leave your comments and share it with a friend. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.